Welcome to TW Now. I'm Scott Winnale. Pagan religions and beliefs are nearly as old as humanity itself. Yet to much of the Western world grounded on the foundation of biblical morality, paganism seems new or unusual. As we look around, we quickly realize that traditional Christianity is waning and paganism is on the uptick. Sociologists say that we're living in a post-Christian era. An October 2018 New York Times op-ed was entitled, The Return of Paganism, and it makes this point plain. And in recent years, many such articles have taken the front page. <coughs> All one has to do is look around and notice new pagan statues or places of worship, even on public or government-owned lands. Why do we see the rise in paganism that we do today? What motivates someone to become a pagan? What does the Bible have to say about paganism? And does the Bible predict a rise in paganism before the return of Christ? Today's returning guest will provide some helpful insights and answers to these questions. Dr. Douglas Winnale, joining us today on the set, is a former <coughs> university faculty member with teaching and research interests in religion and national identities. He lived and he worked in Ireland and the UK for several years, where he conducted personal research related to our topic today. Dr. Winnale is also a minister and a senior author for Tomorrow's World magazine. Mr. Peter Nathan is joining us via Skype from <coughs> England. He's also a former university faculty, theology faculty member. He's a writer, he's a minister, he spent much time in his life living in different regions in Africa and he grew up in New Zealand. And because of these experiences is very familiar with pagan religious worship and its impacts. So it's good to have you both with us today. Welcome back to the program. And before I go any further, I want to uh, let you know, our audience, that we would love to take your questions. So if you do have any, please message us and we'll do our best to get to your questions. Also remember to like or share today's program. Before we get started with our talk about paganism, Mr. Nathan, let me go ahead and ask you a question. We've got you online from England. You're in the midst of Brexit. What I'd like to ask you is, uh, you know, the original Brexit date, as you know, is tomorrow. The EU has bumped it back a couple of weeks to the 12th of April. What types of points do you have for us, things that you have for us to watch for, to look for, as Brexit unfurls in the next couple of weeks? A couple of things, uh, Dr. Scott. Firstly, yesterday, the House of Parliament sought to take control of the Brexit process and ran a number of indicative votes as they were called to try and <coughs> gauge the feeling of the members of the house uh, all of the eight indicative votes were defeated so uh, the deal that theresa may and the european union have put together has been defeated twice the eight indicative votes were uh, defeated and at least two of those votes are going to be re-explored again on Monday. That's the plan of the present time. However, Theresa May is not prepared to allow the House of Parliament or the, 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 the Parliament to run off with Brexit by itself and undo what she has sought to do. And so she has arranged that tomorrow there will be a vote on part of the agreement that has been negotiated with Europe, what is known as the withdrawal, withdrawal agreement. And the importance of this is 
that if this passes through the House of Parliament, if this passes muster tomorrow, then the date of exit for the United Kingdom is delayed to May 22nd. That's a very important point. If it fails, April 12th becomes the D-Day in terms of uh, Britain's exit from Europe. And uh, so tomorrow afternoon, 2.30 uh, Greenwich <coughs> Mean Time, UTC, the House of Parliament is going to vote on the withdrawal agreement. Now, of course, many people are crying foul, saying this is just the third time the thing has been brought forward. But as Speaker, the uh, colorful individual who controls the business of the House of Parliament has agreed that it is different because it is separated from a political document that has also been negotiated with Europe. So mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see how it looks. Uh, looking at the results and looking at some of the comments coming at the present time, it looks like it will have a very, very close uh, race. And uh, so tomorrow afternoon becomes a very important time for uh, Brexit. <clears throat> This is certainly a dynamic time in world history, in the, in the history of Western civilization, really, when we think about it. So we appreciate you being there and keeping us posted. Thank you. By the way, to our audience, uh, we actually did a program, a TW Now program on Brexit about three weeks ago. And if you missed it, we encourage you to go back, uh, look through our archive online and listen to it. I think you'll find it fascinating. All right, gentlemen, back to our topic of today, <coughs> sort of the recurrence, the resurgence of paganism. Dr. Winnale, let me come to you first and just ask the question, what is paganism? And then we'll move on, gentlemen, with that to maybe some examples of how paganism is making a resurgence in society today. <coughs> but, but what is paganism? You know, paganism, especially from a Western perspective, is something that is non-Christian or non, uh, not so much non-Christian, but... Uh, a heathen practice, practiced by people, ideas by people that don't believe in the God of the Bible. Historically, pagans often worshiped idols. Uh, modern today, in today's world, uh, modern paganism basically rejects the idea of a biblical God, rejects the idea of uh, right and wrong. You know, there's no Bible of paganism in the sense that maps out how you should live. It's basically you're, you're up to your, yourself. You, know, you can make up your own religion. You can do what you want. Um, it's also linked today with uh, nature worship or getting involved, getting in harmony with uh, the environment. And this has an appeal to people today for a number of reasons that we can go into later. Okay. Mr. Nathan, what would you add to that definition of paganism? It's, it's an interesting one, and certainly this rejection of the God of the Holy Bible, what we refer to as the Holy Bible, is a, a very important defining point of it. Uh, it's interesting if you uh, use some of the older translations of the Bible, you'll find the term pagan uh, being used, especially at the time of the return from the exile of Ezra and Nehemiah. And the translators of the Bible chose the word pagan to reflect what was foreign or strange, something which had no place 
within the uh, society based on the biblical ideals. So uh, it's, it's interesting, the strange foreign uh, concept uh, ties in in terms of the use, usage of a term. What would then be some examples uh, today where we're seeing a resurgence of paganism in society around us? Dr. Winnell? It, it's, it would make a very interesting exercise, get on the computer and look up paganism, modern paganism. Examples today, after living in England and traveling through England and Scotland and Ireland, uh, <clears throat> these things have come back, the Druids have come back, people interested in that, keeping the solstices in the winter and in the summertime. In Scotland, they have a Beltane fire festival where people paint their bodies, uh, look like a bunch of uh, demons running around. Their advertisement on the net says, uh, the uh, Beltane Fire Festival, a time of music, bonfires, and uninhibited behavior. Uh, you see some of the same things in Eastern Europe, some of the same things in Spain. Uh, in Iceland, they're building a temple to Odin, the first time in a thousand years. So this is happening kind of all over. Uh, the ancient Druids supposedly built a wicker man and burned it down. Uh, there's a burning man festival in New Mexico in the United States where you get leftover hippies, go out there and uh, spend a week in the desert in uninhibited behavior. And then the conclusion is they build this big wicker man. And some people on drugs have actually walked into the fire, burned themselves up. So there, there's a demonic influence on these things, but it's happening all over. Mm. Mr. Nathan. Yeah, I'd like to take it back a little uh, in terms of our present society, because if you go back to 18th century Cambridge as a university, you had Thomas More, and he was uh, the leader of a group of Platonists or Neoplatonists where the study of uh, the Greek philosophy and uh, so <coughs> forth became very, very important to them. Uh, and of course, philosophy is associated with the Greek gods, uh, etc. Uh, following on from there, you find as Britain spread around the world, it came into contact with obviously Hinduism, Buddhism, Taoism, Confucius, uh, Confucianism, etc. So we came into contact with all of these different religions. And there was a curiosity about them whereby people wanted to <coughs> take and see what has this got for me uh, as a person? How can I benefit from this? So we've had this, this constant interest in what is foreign or strange to us and hence the rejection of what uh, we may have been taught in the first instance. You know, I think one of, the one of the reasons for that interest is that people were finding the standard organized religion was not really that satisfying. Right. I, I would agree with that. And of course, from the 19th century onwards, we've had a real interest in the experiential aspect of religion, uh, the growth of charismatics, in the 19th century uh, 
And of course, it came down into, you might say, in the mid 20th century, down to the social gospel and so forth. And people today are involved in religion for making them feel good, not learning how to live a life. You know, one other reason for our program today is a number of articles have come out talking about the return of the ancient gods, return of paganism. I've got another article here talking about what also is happening. The rapidly closing American churches are shadowed by a meteoric rise in witchcraft. It just mentions in America, they're closing about 4,000 churches a year, but they're only opening about 1,000 a year. Today, there's about 1 million one and a half million witches in the United States, which is higher than 1.4 mainline Presbyterians. So what we're seeing happening in the U.S. and I think in other parts of the world is the decline of organized religion, people just turning away from it. And yet at the same time, we're seeing a very avid interest in pagan practices. Mm. I believe I read recently a study actually that just uh, was published last week looking at religion in the United States. And in the United States, those who claim to be nuns, that is those who say they have no religious affiliation, that group of people as a population of individuals is now at parity, uh, the same percentage of the population as evangelicals and as Catholics. It's really make the the nuns make up about one quarter of the U.S. population in terms of beliefs now. And then you project this out five or ten years. This is among the younger generation especially, and that's only going to increase. So <coughs> let's, let's come back. You began to touch on the topic just a minute ago. Why are people turning to paganism or returning to paganism? And in fact, as you brought up just a moment ago, Dr. Winnell, many are turning from organized, <coughs> quote-unquote, Christianity to paganism. Why are we seeing this today? I think a lot of people see the hypocrisy in organized religion when you've got TV evangelists doing all kinds of things that they tell people they should not do. They see that. They see the money-making aspect of organized religion today. Send in 10 or $15 or $20 or $100 and you know, I'll pray for you, that type of thing. But I think we're also seeing a reaction or basically the consequences of social trends. And I believe Mr. Nathan would want to address that too. If things have happened over the last 50 to 100 years uh, where the Bible has been basically discredited. Uh, they say it's just a bunch of stories. It's not really true. There really is no God. That's a creation of the human mind. It's a fairy tale. Uh, this is promoted by academics. It's promoted by the media. And then today we are criminalizing people that will take a biblical stand on homosexuality or a bunch of other things. You know, Walmart, I saw this just the other day, is marketing about hundreds of satanic products. Why? Because there's a market there. And people buy it because it's no big deal. But when you do these things to the foundational teachings of a society, the foundational values, people are shattered. They're looking around for something else that may bring meaning to their life. And they're looking at some of these pagan sources. Mr. Nathan, why don't you go ahead and share with us some thoughts too. Why, why else are we seeing uh, the resurgence of paganism today? When I was in university many years ago, we were in the middle of the hippie era, <laughs> uh, which was a rejection of all sorts of standards that society had. Uh, they were seen as being hypocritical, 
Uh, they were seen as being useless, etc. Uh, now we're dealing with, you might say, the grandchildren of the hippies. And it's interesting, people want to reject authority. Uh, this is almost like a replay of what happened with Martin Luther in the Reformation. We want to have the priesthood of the believers because we don't want to have a priesthood anymore because the priesthood is inherently evil. Uh, so uh, we reject uh, norms of the past and uh, we break down these things so that uh, freedom is given uh, to people. And uh, that that's an interesting point to consider, that people are free to worship or associate with anything they wish these days. Go ahead. Another aspect that we've mentioned briefly, I think, already, is that many modern pagans, especially in the Western world, are not so much into worshiping idols, but they want to get back in touch with the environment. And this fits with the, these ideas today, live in harmony with the environment, uh, follow natural cycles, solstice cycles, and things like that. Uh, get rid of religion because I'm not interested in going to heaven. It might not exist. But if I can live in harmony with the environment, and if I'm nice to people, and if I can do my own thing, then I'm very comfortable. So there are a number of reasons pointing in that direction. I wanted to mention one other thing. A book came out just last year, November 2018, entitled Pagans and Christians in the City. Culture Wars from the Tiber to the Potomac. He was mm -hmm. saying the early Christians faced some of the same things that we're facing today. They couldn't participate in society. Um, uh, they didn't want to accept uh, the Christian religion. Uh, so we're dealing with some of the same things today. People are turned off on organized religion, but they want to get in harmony with the environment. Now that's in the Western world, but you get into Eastern Europe and some of these places, they are back to worshiping idols. Uh, some of the Slavs, I was just saw this article the other day, that while Russia formally became Christian about 900, 988, something like that, when the leader became a Christian, he said, we're all gonna become Christians. But a lot of people didn't wanna become Christians. So this is merely resurfacing as they lose trust in uh, the religious leaders today of organized Christianity. They're going back to their roots. And I think too, maybe Mr. Nathan can comment that I think a lot of people I've sensed over there, they don't want to be Europeans. They want to be Germans. They want to be Slavs. They want to be what they are. And this big amorphous blob of Europe is taking away their identity. If you can reach back to their pagan roots, customs that they've had for thousands of years, this is comforting. This is comforting. Mr. Yeah, they the the idea of the, the pagan underpinnings was even part of the Nazi movement, where they uh, espoused various, uh, you might say, mythological positions of the, the German state, etc., and uh, applied that. But what, what is really interesting is, it, with all of this, it's as though there is a quest for spirituality. <clears throat> In fact, one article I have here um, that says the U.S. witch population has, has seen an astronomical rise starts by saying spirituality is now firmly placed in mainstream culture. <clears throat> uh, in fact, it, it's as though spirituality has become 
more important than it was for many of the mainstream Protestant churches or even the Catholic Church at times. Uh, It's as though there is an innate need in human beings for a spiritual connection. And I think that's something that's well worthwhile exploring. Uh, I was just going to go there. It's interesting when we look at pagan religions all around the world, there, there are spiritual elements of these religions. Yet most of these pagan religions, pagan beliefs don't tell you why there's a need for spirituality. Yet I think we do have an understanding of why, and maybe you could elaborate on that a little bit. Why, why do people seem to have an innate need for spirituality or a spiritual connection? I think what's related to that, too, is in the Western world, where we have had all kinds of material benefits, people are finding that I can have a big car, a big house, a big screen television, but I'm not happy. There's something missing. There's something missing. And it's this empty spot that uh, modern religion really doesn't fit or doesn't fill today. And I think what people are going to find out, paganism will not fulfill it either. It will not fulfill it either. But... Uh, until people get that lesson learned, there's going to be problems. Mm-hmm. Well, well, it's interesting, Dr. Scott, that you mentioned that these religions do not discuss the spiritual need or the uh, innate spiritual need that people have. But the Bible does, and it does from various viewpoints. Firstly, it points out that we are different from animals that human beings are created to a different standard than animals. And one of those different standards is the fact that we have a spirit within us. And that spirit needs connection. And I think some of the spirituality we're seeing in uh, the uh, people today as they pursue, whether it is uh, uh, Wiccan or Druids or environmental followers of Gaia, etc. There's a seek a desire to fulfill that spiritual element in their lives. And of course, as Dr. Winnell just said, that's not going to happen because the only place where one can find the spiritual fulfillment is through the Bible itself. It has the answer to the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible indicates very plainly that God created us in his image for the very purpose of becoming part of his family. He wants to have a relationship with us. And that's what this is all about. People are looking to fulfill that relationship through idols or through some environmental movement. But that doesn't bring us into a relationship with the God who created us. And that's what the Bible reveals. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go in this direction now. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit more about the Bible itself. And actually, maybe you can share a little bit about what kind of insights the Bible gives us on paganism and and a rise of paganism at the end of the age, because the Bible does talk about that a little bit. And also, perhaps, Mm -hmm. maybe some insights why or or maybe warnings that the Bible gives us related to pagan choices. One thing, if I can jump in, uh, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1 talked about our current situation. It was obviously current to his time. It is still relevant today because he talks about 
people worshipping the creation rather than the creator. And of course, uh, we've talked a little bit about some of the environmental movement and some of the uh, elements that are associated with that. Uh, it really becomes a worshipping of the creation rather than the creator <clears throat> itself. It's as though we have myopia and we can't mm -hmm. see beyond what is immediately around us. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the reasons we're seeing this rise in <clears throat> paganism today is that people are not being warned about the dangers of it. The Bible is very clear to have no other gods before the true God. Uh, God talks about, do not worship me like the pagans worship their gods. In uh, Jeremiah 10, it talks about, uh, do not learn the way of the heathen or pagans. Um, people are not being told about these things. I came across a, an article by a, a priest who was an exorcist in the Catholic Church. And he was just saying, it's a very dangerous thing to get involved with. And if you get involved with it, it may be very difficult to get out of it. So people are not being warned. The Bible also talks about uh, the Israelite people specifically, that you've forgotten me. And my people have changed their God. The pagans haven't changed. We're seeing that re resurfacing again today. But uh, the people who have been blessed by God, given his laws, are turning away from God and turning to these pagan idols. And it's going to be a real problem. There's going to be consequences. The Bible makes that very clear. Leviticus 26, Deuteronomy 28. Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians 10, 20, that the pagans sacrifice their offerings to demons. So it's very clear. But to say these things today was, is going to be offensive to Wiccans. It's going to be offensive to Druids. It's going to be offensive to neo-pagans because this doesn't fit with the direction that they want to go. Mm -hmm. Mr. Nathan. It's interesting because the Bible sets out very clearly the fact that Israel as a nation were not to learn the way of the uh, heathen. And Jeremiah chapter 10 is really a, a recapitalization of many scriptures that were given throughout, uh, for instance, Deuteronomy, about not learning the ways, uh, being amazed by the way in which the uh, pagans live their lives, etc. The Passover period of time in Egypt, as Israel came up to the Passover, the Eternal, in bringing them out of Egypt, executed 12, pl 12 plagues designed to destroy the gods of Egypt. And so the very first lesson that Israel were taught was that the Eternal is supreme, and he is the one who must be uh, followed and worshipped. But uh, to have someone in authority over us today is uh, not kosher. Uh, we don't like that, or people don't like that. It's interesting, the, the article I referenced at the very beginning of the program on the return to paganism, the author was talking about how there's a cycle of people being in more uh, organized, uh, more uh, controlled religions, and how those will decline into paganism, and that this happens over and over. What's interesting, you're, you're talking about what happened in ancient Israel. Even in the Bible, we see that, don't we? 
a, a cycle where people would come to God and then they go to this pagan religion and then they make their way back and, and they return to a pagan religion. That's really the story of the book of Judges, that the Israelites would get in trouble, they would pray to God, he would bail them out, they would be okay for a couple of years or so, and then they would get in trouble again, and this cycle repeats itself. Again, a lesson of history that people are not being taught today because people don't pay attention to the Old Testament. That's Old Testament, that doesn't apply to us, but it really does. The lessons are there. Nor do I take uh, notice of a New Testament. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned the book of Judges, too, and that just it, it brings to mind a, a, an observation that's made in the book of Judges that we were talking about before the program, that at that point in time, people did what was right in their own eyes. And is, aren't we seeing that today as well? Does, doesn't that connect with paganism in the resurgence as well? That's what people are doing. It's a <clears throat> cafeteria religion today where they pick what they want out of various religions. Uh, and if there's nobody having nobody telling you what to do, then that's really exciting to many people today. Mm -hmm. Mr. Nathan, you had a comment? The, 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 the Scandinavians have a nicer word for it, uh, Dr. Winnale. It's called a smorgasbord. A smorgasbord. Mm -hmm. <laughs> In America, it's a cafeteria. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But that, that's, you create what is pleasing to you, right? And uh, that becomes the the uh, byword of the day. It pleases me. Yeah, I even, do what's right in my own eyes. Even back in the fifties and the sixties, whenever a lot more people went to church, uh, they used to sign off television stations at night by "Tomorrow is Sunday. Go to the church of your choice." You know, so. And then I think even the Burger King commercials have it your way. So this, this is something that's been indelibly uh, imprinted in the minds of Western people today by our commercial well, advertising. Don't forget Frank Sinatra, <laughs> right. who did it his, his way. way. That's right. That's right. Well, gentlemen, we are actually running out of time. Uh, what I'd like you both to do, though, and uh, we'll go to you, Dr. Winnell, first and then leave it for Mr. Nathan, Leave our audience, if you would please, with a take-home from today. We're sort of scratching the surface with this topic, but as an audience, what do we need to keep in mind as we, as we watch this resurgence of paganism? And also, as we think about what the Bible actually has to say. <clears throat> Go ahead, Dr. Winnell. The Bible is very clear about watching what's happening in the world in light of Bible prophecy as we get close to the end of the age. You know, we're not the only ones talking about a concern about the revival of paganism. I've got a book here by Carl Henry, who's an American theologian. The title of the book is Twilight of a Great Civilization, The Drift Towards Neo-Paganism. And he wrote this in about 1988. He also wrote an uh, essay at that time, 1970, about the return of the barbarians, or the barbarians are coming. So he's seen this coming for quite some time. A lot of people have seen it. We need to be watching what's happening. We need to wake up because this is not unnoticed by God. He knows what's happening today. There's going to be consequences for people disregarding his instructions and ignoring the lessons of history. I would encourage you. We've got some publications entitled The Real God, uh, Proof and Promises, also The Bible, Fact or Fiction, Prove these things to yourself. 
make sure that you understand there is a real God, the Bible is the inspired word of God, and that we need to be living by that. Okay, thank you. Mr. Nathan. Uh, thank you, Dr. Scott. I, I would like to encourage people to consider very deeply the innate need for spirituality that is uh, part of this puzzle we're looking at today. Uh, it is something that you can get answers to from the Bible itself. Uh, I think most people go into these thing, into these areas of life without any thought as to why they are really doing it. But people need to take a step back, ask themselves, why do I need this spiritual connection in my life? What is there about my being that needs this? And start to look and see what the Bible has to say about it. A very important subject. Well, that's critical, isn't it? Because if we look to ourselves for the answers or the directions uh, to our spiritual needs, we're going to wind up all over the place, as we see in right. society today. And so we need something to tether us, something solid to hold us in place and to give us good guidance and wise direction. Gentlemen, I'd like to thank you both for being on the program again today. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing with us. You know, as modern Christianity and biblical morality decline, we're witnessing the return and the rise of paganism, as we've talked about today. Ancient religious beliefs that lack structure and rigidity and emphasize the creation and the dedication of creatures in creation are once again exerting a powerful influence on us. Bible prophecy warns, as we've just touched on today, that this trend at the end of the age, as society rids itself of moral boundaries, will happen. Paganism will rise again. Paganism gives the feeling of a religious experience, but without the moral expectations and requirements of true godly religion. Paganism also cannot provide the answers to timeless questions about, say, the purpose for life and the reason for death. And why are we here? Only the Bible and biblical Christianity hold the absolute unchanging truth. To learn more about why paganism is on the rise and what the Bible has to say about it, we encourage you to read The Pagan Revival. It's actually written by Dr. Douglas Winnell. It's available for download at TW, excuse me, at tomorrowsworld.org. And to make greater sense of events and trends that we're witnessing in society around us, please be sure to join us each week on TW Now. Next week, we plan to look into an assertion that a growing number of social commentators are making, and we're going to answer the question, will democracy die? We invite you to be sure to subscribe, like, or share today's program, and we look forward to seeing you back here again next week.